Hey, this is Steve Allen. I'm the pastor of Destiny Christian Center in Laplace, Louisiana. I want to thank you for joining us today on the Discovering Your Destiny broadcast. I hope it builds your faith, helps you to grow in every area of your life. Enjoy this message. We're known by this. We're supposed to be known by our love. The identifying badge for the believer is the love of Christ that's operating in and through our lives. And uh, we, we started off talking about this, but now we're in another leg of this series that asks the question, do you love God? Ask somebody next to you, do you love God? Because here, here's the truth. We, we can't get all of this love for one another together until we answer the question, do we really love God? So uh, let's look at the foundational scripture for uh, this part of the series in Mark chapter 12, uh, verse number 30. Mark 12 and 30. And Jesus says here, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. The Amplified Version of the Bible says this. And you shall love the Lord your God out of and with your whole heart, and out of and with your whole, with your soul, your life, and out of and with your mind, with your faculty of thought and your moral understanding and out of and with all your strength this is the first and principal commandment now we've already covered uh we talked about loving god with all your heart which means that you love god beyond your circumstances uh then we for the past few weeks we've been talking about loving god uh out of your soul in this uh, amplified version of the bible says your life and we basically kind of keyed in on purpose. We've dealt with the, the subject of purpose for several weeks. Today, we're going to begin to talk about loving God with all of your mind. Or as the Amplified Version of the Bible says, with the faculty of thought and your moral, moral understanding. I want you to look at Philippians chapter 4. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures, so keep your Bible close. Philippians chapter 4 and um, verses 6 through 8. Look at this. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, listen to this. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Come on, say that with me. Think, Think on, on these, these things. things. Now, I want to start with a statement. And listen to this statement. Believers can control what they think. Now, here in, in verse number 8, uh, it gives us a list of things. And then after they give, he gives us the list, he tells us to think on these things, which implies that we can control our thinking. I'll give you another proof text. Go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Jesus is speaking in this text. Listen to what he says. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed. Now, I want you to listen to this. We can't keep thoughts from coming, but the text tells us not to take the thought. 
it says, take no thought saying. See, the way we give life to thoughts is by speaking them. A thought unspoken will die unborn. So we can control our thoughts. So you know what that tells us? It says, even though something comes up in my mind, that meaning needs to come out of my mouth. Just because it comes up don't mean it needs to come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because you ever had a thought that came to your mind and it came out and it got you in trouble? Where my where my real people? You're gonna be real with me. <laughs> so it says, take no thought saying. Now I, I want to move from that statement to this question. Why is it important for us to monitor or control our thought lives? And I've got a couple of different reasons. Here's my first one. The different sources of thoughts produce different results and different outcomes. The different sources of thoughts produce different uh, results and different outcomes. There are three basic sources of thoughts. Thoughts come from God. Thoughts come from the devil. And thoughts come from our own minds. And these different sources will produce different outcomes. Now, let's look at thoughts that come from God. And, and then we'll look at the results that come from the thoughts that come from God. Go to Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 13. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as... As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not hither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the either, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereto I sent it. For ye shall, listen to this, ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hand. Instead of the thorn shall come, out, come up the fir tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So when we think God's thoughts... What are the outcomes? Verse 12 says, I will have joy. I will have peace. And I will have a productive life. So if that's the case, the opposite must be true. If I'm not thinking his thoughts, I won't have joy. I won't have peace. And I won't have a productive life. If I'm not thinking God's thoughts. The next source of thoughts is Satan. How many know that the devil will put thoughts in your mind? Come on, real people. What my real people? How many know the devil will put thoughts in your mind? Go to John 13 and 2. And I'll read this in the Amplified Version of the Bible. So it was, uh, it was during supper, Satan having already put the thought. He put the thought of betraying Jesus, betraying Jesus in the heart of Judas, Simon's son. So Satan... Put the thought in the mind of Judas. And when you read the rest of the story, 
Judas acted upon the thought and it led to his destruction. And I want you to get this. The end result of acting on Satan's thoughts always leads to some type of destruction. Satan comes to destroy and he puts thoughts in our minds that always lead to destruction. Anybody know that's the truth? Anybody know that you had a thought that came from the devil and you acted upon it? Man, don't y'all sit here and act like you, you Let me get down here. Y'all don't sit here and act like you, the devil never put a thought in your mind and you acted on it and you got yourself in trouble. And some of y'all don't have to think back too far. Oh, I wish I wasn't the devil that I did last night. That devil's so busy. Uh, number, number three. <laughs> oh, oh, somebody said, oh! <laughs> the, th- <laughs> the third source of thoughts are our own. Listen to this. Our thoughts are the product of reasoning, logic, and theories. Uh, that's why in, in, in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, it tells us to cast down imaginations. The Amplified Version of the Bible says, refute theories and reasonings because they will try to exalt themselves above the word of God. You know, a lot of times we draw our conclusions from human reasoning, human logic, which really produces assumptions, speculations. And speculations that's not necessarily right. Sometimes, even in the church, we assume and we speculate things and then we try to connect God to it. That's why we live in a time where you see a lot of prophet lying and not prophesying. <laughs> yeah, because folk are speculating. Everybody won't be deep. You know, they see somebody in church crying. Who the Lord said? Who the Lord told me? Oh, you, you're already crying. The Lord said you got something going on in your life. Really? Really? And honestly, they could be crying because they're so happy. They, they could be crying. Some people cry when they're happy. They could be in church saying, oh, the Lord, I thank God for an opportunity to be here. But you're speculating that something's going on in life, then you want to start this prophet line. So the different sources of thoughts produce different results. When I act on God's thoughts, they will produce joy, peace, and productivity. When I act out on Satan's thoughts, it will always lead to some type of destruction. When we act on our own thoughts, we'll have speculations and assumptions. So it's critical that we monitor our thoughts. We need to question every thought and sift it through God's word because God's thoughts match his word. Number two, the second reason that we need to monitor our thought lives is our thoughts affect our behavior. <laughs> wrong thinking leads to wrong actions. And what you have to understand is your body is a servant of your mind. Your body will follow what you're thinking. That, that's why Satan is always after our minds. Because if he can get us to think a certain way, then eventually we'll start acting out our thoughts. Oh, come on, people. Matthew 15 and 19. For out of the heart proceed 
evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemy. Now, what I want you to notice is that behavior follows the thoughts. It all starts with a thought. Tell somebody, it all starts with a thought. So it's important that we monitor our thought lives because our thoughts affect our behavior. So that being the case, we've got to conclude that we can create change in our behavior by gaining control over our thoughts. Hmm. Which leads to my next point. Our thoughts create our emotions. Oh God, hear me, please hear me. Wrong, wrong thinking leads to wrong feelings. Wrong thinking leads to wrong feelings. If loving you is wrong, <laughs> I don't want to be right. I know I got a wife and two little children. It's thinking. It's thinking. Made him feel a certain way. Now, the lie of the devil is that our circumstances create our emotions. So we think that if we can change our circumstances, we can, we can be happy. But the truth is, your thoughts create your emotions. If you woke up in the morning and not really feeling good about yourself, but you're dressed up, then after you dressed up, you begin to think good about yourself, and then after that, you start feeling good because feelings follow your thinking. Now, the truth is, nothing changed what you're thinking. You see, you've got to make a choice to be happy in spite of your state. And you've got to make a choice to be happy now. Punch your neighbor and say, be happy now. I tell, I tell single folk all the time, don't postpone your happiness waiting for somebody. Oh, okay, okay. Make a decision that you're going to be happy now. That's why, that's why so, many, so, so many folk are, are caught up in, in, in these ungodly soul ties. These emotional attachments that create a dependence on a certain person. Now your, your feelings are controlled by a person. They cut you on and cut you off when they get ready. You've got this emotional uh, tie, and you're locked into relationships that's not even good for you. But you don't feel good about yourself, so you feel like you've got you've to be connected to somebody. If I don't have somebody, I don't feel like I'm somebody. I was a whole man before I met Marilyn. And Marilyn was a whole woman before she met me. I didn't have to wait until I met her to be whole. And see, the problem with us is we think we have to have somebody in order for us to be whole. So you get a half a man and a half a woman, then you end up with a half a marriage. And we're locked into to, to relationships that's not even good for us. Pulling us away from God. Causing us all kinds of stress. Causing us to, to be troubled in our minds. We can't sleep at night. We don't get a phone call. It just drives us crazy. I wonder why he didn't call me. (laughs) 
You can't sleep trying to figure out what they're doing. Now, okay. That's too much control. But see, it starts because of the way you think about you. <laughs> you should think well of yourself. You should say, if they're not with me, they're the one missing out. <laughs> Who wouldn't want me? <laughs> I mean, listen, listen. My wife and I have been married for 34 years. If she ever loses her mind and decides that she want to walk off from all of this. <laughs> I'm going to hurt, but I ain't going to lose my wife and my mind. You've got to be in a place in your life, and I'm going to move on. You've got to be in a place in your life where there's nobody that you can't live without except God. This world, but give me Jesus. Now it's just for teaching purposes only, because she ain't going nowhere. But I'm just using this as an example for teaching. Now, now let's 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 move on. I want to move you now to this truth that if you can manage the thoughts of your mind, you can maintain your peace. And peace is important. No God, no peace. You can spell that however you want. N-O God, N-O peace. K-N-O-W God, K-N-O-W peace. If you don't have God, you won't have peace. If you know God, you'll know peace. Go to, go to Isaiah 26 and 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Now, this verse speaks of two parts, my part and God's part. My part is to keep my mind on God and keep my mind on his word. And when I do that, he promised to keep me in perfect peace or constant peace. So if I'm not experiencing peace right now, it's because my mind is fixed on something else. If you're not experiencing peace right now, it's because your mind is fixed on something else. <laughs> so the old folk used to say, I woke up this morning with my mind staying on Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind. That's old, that man. That's why they were able to have peace even in their situation. Didn't, didn't have all the stuff we had, but they had a peace that we don't experience. Didn't have the cars and the house and the money and the clothes and the jewelry. Didn't have all of that, but they had a peace that we don't understand. Because they kept their minds fixed on Jesus. Mm. Now the word peace is a big word. It means safety, it means well-being, it means prosperity, it means nothing missing, nothing broken in your life. Now I want you to notice it says perfect peace, which means, listen to this, peace on the inside and the outside. Now this is important because, you know, I've had peace on the inside, 
and turmoil on the outside. And then I've had peace on the outside and a war going on on the inside. But God's will for us is that we have total peace. Somebody shout total peace. God wants us to have peace on the inside and peace on the outside. Now, I know sometimes you got to fake it until you make it, but that's not God's will for your life. God's will for your life is to have peace on the inside and peace on the outside. But in order to have that, you've got to keep your mind fixed on him. Listen to this statement. If you can control your thought life, you can regulate the quality of your life. If you can control your thought life, you can regulate the quality of your life. Now, if you're going to think right, you're going to need what I want to call today a thought grid. In other words, we need some kind of way, and I'm almost finished. We need some kind of way to evaluate the quality of our thoughts. So I want to go back to Philippians 4 and 8. Philippians 4 and 8, again, it says this, brother. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So God gives us a grid to measure our thoughts by. Number one, he says, the thought must be true. So it cannot be a lie. It cannot be imaginary, and it cannot be a rumor. So I'm not going to lose my mind over a lie. I'm not going to lose my mind over an imagination, and I'm not going to lose my mind over a rumor because I'm thinking on what's true. Some people, some people lose their mind when they said this about me. Is it true? If it's not true, why are you worried about it? People are going to say what they say. I've been pastoring out here maybe three months. And somebody started a rumor. They said that I had a baby out, a baby on the way out here, a baby already born. I'm like, well, it takes at least nine months for the baby to get here. I mean, mean, really? You think I let that stop me from moving forward? It was a rumor. It was a lie. So I wasn't thinking on the lie. I thought on what the truth was. And see, a lot of you will have some peace if you just dismiss rumors and lies and imaginations and think on what's true. Second part of the grid is honest. The Amplified Bible says worthy of reverence or worthy of respect. Is this thing I'm thinking about worthy of reverence and honor? Is it worthy of reverence? Is it worthy of honor? Third criteria in the grid is that it must be just. The word just means right. We must think on things which are right. That means that conform to God's standard or God's word. Now here's the truth. The world has a standard that they call right, but our thoughts must be based on what God calls right. Because what God calls right and what the world calls right is two different things. So just because somebody, just because everybody's doing something don't mean it's right. 
Oh, oh Lord, have mercy. I, I'm going to say it again. Just because it's popular, that mean that it's right. Hmm. That didn't go well. So I've got to make sure I'm thinking on what's right. The fourth criteria of the grid, the thought must be pure. It must be morally and sexually clean. It must be that which does not contaminate you or others. Is this thought morally and sexually clean? Will this thought contaminate me and other folk? Now don't y'all sit here and act like you don't have thoughts that's not morally and sexually clean. I didn't say you were thinking about it. Well, you ain't going to tell me you don't have thoughts. You cannot stop a bird from flying over your head. But you can stop him from building a nest on your head. So you can't stop those thoughts from coming, but you can control what you're thinking. So for you to sit here and look at me like I said something wrong when I said that you have some immoral thoughts that come in your mind, you fool somebody else. Because all of us have thoughts that's not right. Hunt your neighbor and say, even you with your holy self. You're playing with me. No, no, hey, 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 look, look, I know it's hard. It's hard for you. You sit next to your wife or your husband, and you're sitting there, you have thoughts like that sometimes? I know that's a hard thing. I know, I know. Hey, but it's real. It's just real. It's just, it is what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, let me move on to that one, because that one, that was, that was a little deep for somebody. Fifth criteria is lovely. The word lovely means delightful and highly pleasing. So our thoughts should be delightful and highly pleasing to God. Sixth criteria, the thought is it must be of a good report. In other words, it must be good news. So I have to ask myself the question, is what I'm thinking about good news? I want you to listen to this statement. The thought may pass the fact test, but still not be a good report. See, what you heard may be a fact, but is it good news? What I've learned how to do is I cover facts with truth. <laughs> See, the fact may be that I'm sick in my body, but the truth is I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. The fact may be that I don't have any money in my pocket, but the truth is, my God supplies all of our needs. Oh, Lord, have mercy. See, you, you need to take those facts and put some truth on top of it. Some of you right now, man, you would have joy. Today, you would have peace in your life if you just look at those facts and say, okay, that's the facts, but here's the truth. Don't do that, boy. Don't do that. Don't do that. He about ready to pull it. He about ready to get that handheld for him. <laughs> so you need, you need the truth. The seven criteria, listen to this, of this thought grid is that the thoughts must have virtue. 
In other words, morally excellent or it must motivate us to do and be better. If I keep thinking about what I'm thinking about, will it motivate me to be better? No negativity. I need to be thinking about stuff that's gonna motivate me to be better. And all of us should wanna be better. We all should want to be better. And the A criteria is praise or praiseworthy. In other words, is this thought something that I need to share with someone else? Oh, Lord. Think about this now. Think about the thought that you have in your mind right now. And think about the fact, think about, ask yourself the question, I wonder what my neighbor would think about me if they knew what I was thinking. If you shared with the person sitting right next to you right now what's been on your mind since you've been in church. No, look, man, you look, you, you look good. You look holy. You look pious. You look like a wonderful Christian person. But if you really shared what's been on your mind since you've been in here with the person sitting next to you, what would they think about you? They're still looking at me like, well, I've thought of nothing but the Lord uh, since I've been here, Reverend. So I don't know what you're talking about. Man, please. (laughs) As we look at this thought grid, you know what this tells us? We got some work to do. We have to keep this thought grid and qualify our thoughts. I'm going to give you some questions that you need to ask yourself constantly about your thought life. Number one, is the thought in line with scripture? Number two, does the thought build up or tear down? Number three, does the thought encourage you or discourage you? Number four, does a thought promote inward peace and outward unity? Number five, is this thought good news? And number six, does this thought pull me towards God or does it pull me away from God? So again, beloved, we got to start thinking about what we're thinking. Tell somebody, you got to start thinking about what you're thinking. Because some of us are thinking bad thoughts and we don't even know that they're bad. But what you need to do is you've got to run them through this thought grid. See, we've been giving place to the devil in our thought lives and we didn't even know it. But now we're going to sift our thoughts through this thought grid. And our lives are getting ready to change. So do you love God? You've got to love him with all of your mind. With all of your mind. With all of your mind. I want my thoughts to glorify God.
Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd love for you to do. First, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us to continue to reach others, visit our website at destinychristian.org slash radio. That's destinychristian.org slash radio. I'll see you next time on Discovering Your Destiny with Steve Allen.